So there we go. Isn't that a great video? Um, it's a great reminder of what's been going on in the life of the church just over the last month. Uh, but also, I think it's a great reminder, too, of uh, why we're here. It's all about people. Uh, it's all part of our vision of seeing every life, every life, whoever it is, every life bearing fruit for Jesus. Now, on uh, this Sunday and next Sunday, uh, we are going to be looking at the book of Jonah uh, for our two Vision Sundays. And we're going to have our Bible reading in a bit, but first of all, let me just pray uh, before we go any further. So just as we sit, let's pray. Heavenly Father, on this um, first of our two Vision Sundays, we simply pray that we as a church here at HGC might have your vision, that we might have your direction, that we might be guided by you, and that you might be at work uh, in us here at HTC and through us, that your spirit would be powerfully at work amongst us, and that that would be for your glory. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, um, earlier uh, this week, I believe it was uh, the National Poetry Day. And uh, our two littlest children, who are five and seven, had to work very, very hard to um, uh, find a poem, uh, to learn a poem, and to recite a poem at school back on Wednesday. And I thought, well, you know, I would set myself the same challenge for today. So are you ready? My poem is entitled Jonah. It's by L.J. Satgust. And are you ready for this masterpiece? Okay, here we go. God spoke to Jonah. He said, go, go, go. But Jonah didn't listen. He said, no, no, no. Jonah ran and tried to hide. He found a ship and went inside. But God sent stormy winds outside to blow, blow, blow. Jonah said to the sailors, throw me out. Throw, throw, throw. And then the storms will go, go, go. But swimming in the deep blue sea, a fish was lying hungrily. It swallowed Jonah easily. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Jonah prayed inside the fish, so, so sad. He said to God, I'm sorry, I was so, so bad. Jonah threw him on the sand, and Jonah heard the Lord's command. Go and preach in other lands. Go, go, go. And Jonah said, can you guess? Yes, yes, yes the end. Thank you. Thank you. Now, um, before, um, having had that masterpiece there, before Rima comes and uh, reads a little bit from the book of Jonah, I thought I'd just give you that just to remind you of the story. Uh, but let me tell you first why I've chosen to speak on Jonah, this uh, Old Testament prophet uh, from this little book in the Old Testament, why I've chosen Jonah for the next two weeks. First of all, uh, Jonah is the prophet who faced storms. And, you know, we have been facing all sorts of storms, too, over the last couple of years, haven't we? We've had the global pandemic, economic uncertainty, political unrest, racial inequality, you name it. There have been plenty of storms that we faced. Secondly, Jonah is the prophet who faced a lockdown, quite a serious lockdown, stuck in the belly of a giant fish for three days. Now, that is certainly a lockdown, isn't it? So, you know, our restrictions, they may have not been quite as severe, but whereas Jonah only had three days of his lockdown, we have had three whole lockdowns. So Jonah's the prophet of the lockdown. Thirdly, Jonah is the prophet who went on a boat 
And at HTC, we have had a bit of a thing about boats recently. Uh, you know, our boat party last uh, month that many of you went on, it was a huge success. But also, some of you will know that one of the sort of clearest images that we feel that God has given us as a church is that four or five people at HTC, all in one prayer meeting, it was a few years ago now, I think it was three years ago, four or five people all independently felt that God had given them a picture of Holy Trinity Clapham as a boat. And not just any old boat, but all four or five of them felt that God had uh, given them a picture of, of HTC as an icebreaker ship. You know, the kind of boat, kind of ship that you get in the Arctic breaking through the iced up waters. And with that sort of image that a number of people felt God gave them was this idea as a church that we are called by God to do that in South London, to break through the ice, the ice of resistance to Jesus to break through the ice of resistance to the gospel, particularly as we look to plant and renew churches. If you like, we are HMS HTC. And what does HMS stand for? It stands for His Majesty's Ship. We are a ship, this church, that is serving His Majesty, King Jesus. You know, more than the storms, more than the lockdown, more than the boat similarities, all of which you could say are a little bit tenuous, What I've been struck by most as I've been thinking about Jonah over the last couple of months is what we can learn both positively and negatively from Jonah regarding what happened after Jonah's lockdown. After he was stuck in the belly of the fish, after he was spat out of the fish, what can we learn from Jonah then? You see, most people think that the story of Jonah, it ends when he's spat out of the fish. That's how my poem that I delightfully declaimed to you finished, didn't it? He was spat out of the fish, the end. But actually, you read the book of Jonah, it's four chapters, and Jonah gets spat out of the fish at the end of chapter two. It's only halfway. There's still half of the book to go. And too often, what happens is chapters three and chapter four of Jonah are just ignored. They were ignored in my poem, and so often they are ignored in the church. And so what I'd love us to do, I reckon we have things to learn, just as Jonah had things to learn from what happened after his lockdown, chapters three and four, after he spat out by the fish. So you and I, us as HTC, we have things to learn from our time after our COVID lockdown. So that's why I want us to look at Jonah both today and next week. And so without further ado, Rima's going to come up and read from Jonah uh, chapter 2, verse 5 through to the end of chapter 3. On the screen is going to come a slide, uh, and you can, uh, from that, if you get your phone out, uh, you can use your camera on it to use the QR code. It'll take you to the reading, and it'll also take you to some sermon uh, notes if you want to take notes, or if you prefer the paper version, uh, in your pews of Bibles, do just pass Bibles down and turn to page 928. Uh, And we're going to start at Jonah 2, verse 5. And uh, what we'll find is we're sort of halfway through uh, Jonah's prayer in the belly of the fish, and he's about to get spat out uh, by the fish. So, Rima, over to you. From Jonah chapter 2, verse 5. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed has wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. But you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. 
Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. I will say, salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. Now Nineveh was a very large city. It took three days to go through it. Jonah began by going a day's journey into the city, proclaiming, 40 more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. The Ninevites believed God. A fast was proclaimed and all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth. When Jonah's warning reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, took off his royal robes, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat down in the dust. This is the proclamation he issued in Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles. Do not let people or animals, herds or flocks, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink. But let people and animals be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently on God. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. Who knows, God may yet relent with his compassion. Turn from his fierce anger so that we will not perish. When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he relented and did not bring on them the destruction he had threatened. So, um, today, on this uh, first Vision Sunday of 2021, um, here are three things uh, that I pray for us, for us as individuals, for us as a church, for this coming year. Here's the first one. I pray that we are softened by God's storms. We're softened by God's storms. Jonah, he is running away from God at the start of the book, isn't he? And as you read through uh, the first chapter of the book, it talks about Jonah, and he's depicted as going down. It says he goes down to Joppa to go and get the ship. Then he goes down into the ship. Then it says he goes down into the belly, the deck of the ship, to go to sleep. And then here in chapter 2, he goes down even further as he is thrown overboard and swallowed by the fish. Just look at what it says in chapter 2, verse 5. Jonah says, he's praying to God, and he says, The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains, I sank down. He's going down, down, down. He says, the earth beneath barred me in forever. He's gone right down. He can go no further down. And finally, after all the storms, after all the going down, finally, Jonah sees his need of God. Next verse, verse six. Jonah says, but you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit when my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord. You see, Jonah, he needed the storms, the storms pulling him down to soften his heart to God, to see his need for God before God pulled him up. Now, how about us? You know, these last two years for us, they have been full of storms. For some people, for some here, 
It has been really tough. Those who've been seriously ill, those who've been very alone, those who've been on the front line working all hours, those who've lost income. But actually, for many of us, if we're honest, the pandemic may have been and gone, but the struggles that we have faced, actually, if we're honest, haven't been that great. And so, actually, for many of us, if we're honest, we still possess, if you like, a buoyant self-sufficiency. We don't see our desperate need of God. We haven't been brought right down, down, down. Now, now please don't mishear me in what I'm saying. I'm not saying I want more storms. I want more difficulties for us. But I am saying this, each of us, Whatever storms, whatever challenges that we have faced in the last year, whatever storms, whatever challenges we are facing now, let's ask God to use those storms and challenges to soften our hearts to him. That each one of us, we might see our desperate need of God, even if we haven't got seaweed wrapped around our head like Jonah did. That we might see God, if you like, that we might see God not just like a sort of, a, you know, a cup of tea that's, uh, you know, mildly comforting, but it's not essential. But that actually you and I, we might see God not like a cup of tea, but that we might see God like the air we breathe. Utterly essential. Without it, we die. A few days ago, I saw a um, post from Nicky Gumbel on Instagram, and he simply said this. He says, as I look back on my life, God seems to have used the difficulties and defeats more than any apparent success. You see, HDC, I pray that our hearts are softened by God's storms. Second, I pray this year that we are stirred by God's grace. We're stirred by God's grace. You see, change happens in Jonah's life, not just because he goes down and down till he recognizes his need for God. It also happens because he recognizes God's grace. At verses 8 and 9, they are the climax of his prayer in the belly of the fish, and they are all about God's grace. Look at what he prays. Verse 8, he says, those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. And that phrase, God's love there, it is a key Hebrew word that comes again and again and again throughout the Old Testament. It means God's steadfast love, God's steadfast kindness. It's talking about his loving, undeserved grace shown to us. And then the last words of Jonah's prayer, they sum it up so beautifully, don't they? He says there, I will say, salvation comes from the Lord. You see, it is not that God saves us partly, but we save ourselves partly too by doing good things or by turning up at church. No, God saves us, you and me. He saves us totally. We cannot save ourselves. Salvation comes from the Lord. It is all God's grace. And so right here for Jonah, right here in verses eight and nine, this is the real salvation for Jonah. This is the real deliverance for Jonah. It's not being vomited onto the dry land, which happens in the next verse. That's not the real deliverance for Jonah. No, the real deliverance happens a couple of verses earlier. His main deliverance, it happens as he's saved by God's grace as Jonah throws himself on the Lord's mercy, the Lord's love that he doesn't deserve, that he hasn't earned. And you know, this salvation for Jonah, for you, for me, it is costly. It's costly for God. I don't know if you noticed in Jonah's prayer, Jonah, he's in the belly of a fish, and yet he refers to God's holy temple in verse 7. 
Because Jonah knows that the temple is where the sacrifice took place, the sacrifice that paid the price of his sins. But it wasn't until centuries later that it would be clear that that effective, costly sacrifice that brings about salvation, that it would be made not by the regular animal sacrifices in the temple, but by the once-for-all sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. That's why when you get to the New Testament, and all the, the religious experts are, are crowding around Jesus, and they're asking Jesus to, to give them a sign. How does Jesus respond? Look at what he says. Jesus says, none will be given a sign. None, except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fish, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Do you see what Jesus is saying there? He's saying just as Jonah was sacrificed to save the sailors three days in a fish, so he, Jesus, would be sacrificed three days dead in a tomb to save us. And so HDC, as we've come out of our lockdown, can I ask you, what is stirring you? What is exciting you at the moment? Now we're free to do more than we were before. What's exciting you? Is it the foreign holiday? Is it the bomb moving? Is it England 5-0? Is it, is it Tyson Fury? What's exciting you? They're fine things to be excited about. But what really stirs you? What makes you feel on top of the world? Is it feelings when you're successful? Is it success? Is it popularity? Is it achievement? No, what should stir you and me most of all is not our achievements, but what God has achieved for us in Christ. For there is nothing more wonderful in all this world than the fact that God has saved us despite our sin at such huge cost to himself. Thank you. HDC, this year, I pray that we are stirred, that we're stirred above all by God's grace. And then third, finally, I pray that we are shaped by God's direction. You see, after Jonah is vomited out by the fish, when God's word comes to him a second time, and he doesn't say no, 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 but he says yes, 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 God tells him to go to Nineveh. He tells him to go to Nineveh, and Jonah, he is now being shaped by God's direction as he does what God directs him to do, and God directs him to go and preach to this pagan city, and he commands them to repent, and what we discover is the greatest miracle in the whole book of Jonah. See, the greatest miracle in the whole book of Jonah is not the divinely appointed storm that God sends in chapter 1. The greatest miracle in the whole book of Jonah is not the divinely appointed fish that God sends in chapter 2. The greatest miracle in the whole book of Jonah is not the divinely appointed plant that we'll see that God sends in chapter 4. No, the greatest miracle in the whole book of Jonah is right here in chapter 3. And the greatest miracle is what we see is the greatest revival in the history of humankind in at the, one of the, at the time back then, one of the greatest cities in the world. You see, Nineveh was a large city, we're told in verse 3. We're told it took three days to walk across it. Later in the book, in chapter 4, we're told there's 120,000 people in Nineveh. It was vast in its day. And it was what happens in chapter 3, the greatest revival ever known. Because every single one of them, every single that 120,000 people, from the king on down, every single person repented and turned to the Lord. 
Staggering. Chapter 3, verse 5, it says, The Ninevites believed God. A fast was proclaimed, and all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth as a sign of repentance. Verse 8, the king, the one at the top, he says, Let everyone call urgently on God. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. Four times in chapter 3, we get the word repent. The Hebrew word repent, it literally means turn. This was a call for repentance. It was a call for turning from sin and turning to Jesus. And it is not a particularly fashionable word, repent, but it is at the heart of the gospel. You know, Rick Warren, who's the the pastor of one of the biggest uh, churches um, in the world, uh, in America certainly, Saddleback Church, Uh, He says that when he preaches every single sermon he's ever preached, and he's preached quite a few, he says that he has the same aim in every single sermon. Every single sermon that he ever preaches, he is preaching for repentance, he says. He may not use that word in every single sermon, but that's what he's preaching for. He's preaching for, for, for repentance, a turning in people's hearts and people's minds, people's lives, a turning that is only possible as God works in people. And so I pray that this coming year, we as a church, we can be shaped by God's direction to be primarily calling ourselves, calling other people to repentance, to turn from our idols, whatever our idols are, and to turn to serve the one true living God. And you know, oh, that after our time of restriction, after our time of lockdown, like being in the belly of a fish, oh, that we might know a revival, even just a slither of the size of what Jonah experienced in Nineveh. Oh, that we might experience that in this great city of London. Now, I don't know what you were expecting from Vision Sunday. Uh, Maybe you were expecting me to sort of tell you lots of things that would be different, you know, after the pandemic, different things, different programs, different projects, and in a way, there are those. I'll speak a little bit more about those in in a moment and more next week. But you know, what I long that is different above all is not things. What I long that is different is not new programs, different programs, different projects, but what I long that is different most of all is you and me, that we are different We need to be different, just as Jonah was different when he came out of the fish, just as the Ninevites were different after they repented and believed, us being different after the pandemic. You see, HDC is not just something that we attend on a Sunday. It's not just some sort of program that we are looking to deliver. No, it's a people, it's a community, it's a family that we are part of. In the prayer meeting just before this service, one person had a picture of, and they saw the parakeets flying overhead. There's loads of them on Clapham Common. And they just felt that God was saying there are some people and that they're they're flying around and actually that this might be a place that they can actually go, this is family here at HTC. This is home. But you know, as a family, as a body of people trusting in Jesus, if this year we are different, if we are softened by God's storms, if we're stirred by God's grace, if we're shaped by God's direction, then anything is possible. Uh, When we were praying about these Vision Sundays as a staff team earlier this week, someone spoke up who's only fairly recently come back to, to faith in Jesus. And she said, I think that what God wants communicated on our Vision Sundays is that Jesus is the point of life, not just a part of life. That Jesus is the point of life, not just a part of life. And you know, that is exactly what I've been thinking I wanted to communicate, but she expressed it far better than I ever could. 
Jesus is the point of life. He's not just a part of life. You know, for Jonah, as we'll discover next week, when we look at Jonah chapter 4, Jonah still hadn't quite understood that. Jonah was still seeing God as just a part of life rather than the point of life. Take this, um, this yellow tower of Lego. Let that represent you or me. And then let this red block of Lego, let it represent Jesus, Christianity, the gospel. And I think the danger is that when we come to Christ... When we repent and believe in Jesus, what we think that looks like is this. We think it looks like that. That Jesus gets bolted onto us. Jesus is just a part of our life. But we're still exactly the same. And Jesus becomes just this part of life, this bolt-on extra, that we can then take on or off, depending on what's going on in our life. Take him off when we go to work. Take him off when we're impatient. Take him off whenever we want. We still stay exactly the same, and Jesus is just a part of life that can come on or off. But Jesus is not just a part of life. Jesus Christ is the point of life. And so when you and I, when we repent and believe, it doesn't look like this. No, it should look like this. We should become a whole red tower of Lego. We should look different because Jesus is the point of life, not just a part of it. We are what's different. We don't stay the same. And you know, if you and I, if each of us, if we're different, if we're not just this yellow tower with a red block that comes on or off, but actually if we are a fully red tower, if we're different, Well, then HMS HTC this year, it really and truly will be his majesty's ship. Will be his majesty's ship breaking up the ice and seeing many more lives bearing fruit for Jesus. Now, in a moment, I'm going to speak a little more and a little more practically. So it's not quite the end of the sermon, I'm afraid. But... Um, before that, I'd love us to stand, and I'd just love us to respond to what I've been sharing so far. I'd love us to respond in song, responding to our majestic Lord and Savior, the one who is king of this church, HMS HTC. Well, as I mentioned, it's not quite the end yet. Um, I want to just help us think a little bit more practically now about what it is to be part of HMS HTC. Okay, Jonah's ship. Um, Jonah's ship at the start of his story. It was going in the wrong direction, wasn't it? Called by God to go east to Nineveh, he went west. Called by God to go to this giant city, he headed to the back of beyond. And so when the storms hit, Jonah needed to jump off the ship for it to be calm. With us, I think it is the other way around. Unlike Jonah's ship, I believe in general, we're not going to get everything right as a church, but in general, HMS HTC, I believe in general we are heading in the right direction. We are going towards God's command, not away from it. And so I think the key for us, for all of us, is not so much jumping off the ship as jumping onto it. And so as we finish, what I'd love to do is to just mention four things that I would love to encourage each of us to do, every one of us to do, four ways, if you like, to make sure you have properly jumped on to this ship, Holy Trinity Clapham. And they are, 
Everyone serve, everyone pray, everyone grow, and everyone give. Uh, Back in May, uh, Josh and Sarah on the staff team did some brilliant work on tracking what percentage of us at HDC were doing each of those things during the pandemic. And understandably, because of restrictions, there were far less sort of people serving in the life of the church than normal. Um, But even so, the findings were fairly sobering. I shared them a few months ago back in May, so some of you will have seen these. But um, uh, let me just quickly share them now. From a sample size, uh, it's good for all of you, sort of, you know, people like me that like the analysis, um, of around 730 people involved in the life of the church, when it comes to who is serving in a ministry of the church, who is uh, praying specifically for the church, who is growing in their faith through being part of a connect group, who is financially giving to the church, of that 730 people, 44% of us were only doing one out of those four things. So just praying but not doing the other three, or just growing by being in a connect group, but not in the other three, just one out of the four. 22% of us were then doing two out of those four things. 20% of us were doing three out of the four things. And that left only 14%, so 101 of us, who were doing all four, who were serving, praying, growing, and giving. Now, obviously, if we just look at that, just keep that up for a moment. Obviously, a few months on, Uh, The stats will have changed already a bit, uh, you know, better than that because there are far more people serving now because more things are going on. But what I would love, I'd love us to be engaging, all of us to be engaging in all four. Everyone serving, everyone praying, everyone growing, everyone giving. For us, if you like, not just to be passengers on HMS HDC, but for each of us to be part of the crew of this ship, to be in the center of that bullseye. And so what I'd love you to do, and this is going to require action now, um, I'd love you to get out your phone. um, And uh, as you get out your phone, I'd love you either to type in on your phone uh, visionsunday.org, or you can scan that uh, QR code up there, or indeed the QR codes that are in your pews, uh, just in front of you, and you will be taken to visionsunday.org. It's great. We have that website, uh, visionsunday.org. And when you go to that, you will see on your phones Um, those four very simple boxes that I've just been talking about, serve, pray, grow, and give. Um, So if you head there, and I'm just going to say now one thing that you might do uh, in each of those four boxes, okay? Uh, If you did all those four, it would mean you were definitely in the center of the bullseye. So you'll see the first box there um, is serve. Now, I think actually I'm going to come back to that one last. Uh, So let's start Um, with pray. Let's start with pray. Um, Rima's already mentioned uh, this here in terms of pray. The action that you can take now uh, or later is to book yourself in for an hour of the upper Zoom next weekend when we are gathering as a whole church on Zoom to pray into the vision of this church. I think it'd be so great to have a whole load of us on Zoom Each hour of the 24-hour period, a whole spectrum of us across the church, so easy, you don't have to go out of your home, you don't have to go to a prayer room somewhere, you just have to join a Zoom call, we all know how to do that. Uh, There's no pressure to pray out loud on it, but if you click the the pray box um, on uh, the Vision Sunday page, if you click the pray box, uh, you will go through um, to the sign-up thing for um, the upper Zoom, for the prayer room. And um, you can just sign up even now. They're just showing you there on the screen there. If you click the pray box, that'll take you to that. Uh, You know, as HMS HDC, we want to depend on God to help us steer the right course through the coming year. 
And the upper Zoom is a great place to do that. Uh, lots of people already signed up. You'll see midnight to 6 a.m. is looking pretty bare at the moment. Uh, so you might particularly want to sign up to that time. But can I encourage you either now or, or you know, maybe you need to check over the, over the rest of the day when you look at your diary and things. When might you be able to sign up to pray? To pray for what is going on in this church, to pray for the vision of the church. Um, that is everyone pray. So if you head back to uh, visionsunday.org, uh, the next box is grow. Grow. Now, I'm particularly excited um, about uh, this one. After all the storms of the last two years, we are finally gathering as a whole church uh, for our church weekend away uh, next March, which is wonderful. So HMS HTC will be docking in the glorious venue of the Devere Beaumont Hotel in Windsor, and we would love you to be on board the ship for the church weekend away. Uh, the theme of the weekend is navigate. Uh, we pray that the, the weekend will help us all to navigate all the cross currents of, of life and to grow in our faith. There's uh, going to be plenty of sort of navigate and boat themed entertainment uh, over the course of the weekend. You wouldn't expect anything less. Um, and already over 200 of you are booked on from when we had to postpone it from earlier dates due to COVID. So if you click on the grow box on the visionsunday.org page, if you click on the grow box, it'll take you to all the information uh, about the weekend and they're going to do that now. I think you can see it there on the website. They'll take you to all the details about the church weekend, including um, details about the speakers, uh, which I'm super excited about, uh, in, ter in terms of how to book on the weekend. Already, there are less than 100 tickets left, so can I encourage you, if you want to come, you do need to book on fast. Uh, an adult shared occupancy early bird discount ticket is £155 for the weekend. Single occupancy is a bit more. Children are less. Little children are free. Uh, you can see all the details. If when you're on that web page, um, if you click on the book your place um, uh, button. Uh, you can go there and you will see all the details uh, of it. If you can't afford to pay everything right now today, but you can afford to pay by the end of the early bird period, which is the end of November, then what you can do today is you can buy now a reserve your place ticket for £40, which will be valid uh, as long as you then pay the full amount by the end of November. So £40 per person for that reserve your place ticket. You could buy that today and then pay the rest by the end of November. Um, if you would like to discuss uh, bursaries at all, please do get in touch uh, with Joe Watling. So that is everything there connected to the Church Weekend Away. It is going to be fantastic. We haven't had one for a few years because of COVID. Please, please book on fast uh, so you're not disappointed. So that's everyone grow. Come on the Church Weekend. If you go back to visionsunday.org, uh, the fourth box is uh, everyone give, everyone give. Now, our current congregational giving uh, is estimated to be around 860,000 pounds for 2021. So I wanna say, if you have been giving financially to the church over the last year, thank you so much for your help in keeping HMS HDC afloat this year. Uh, but we are saying to meet our needs, uh, to implement our plans for 2022, our giving needs to increase next year by an additional £85,000 on this year's giving. So that's basically a 10% increase. Now that's because our expenditure is set to increase as more things start happening in the life of the church as we're able to do more, including hopefully revitalizing and planting churches, new outreach ministries, and the staff headcount going up by one. And our revitalized 250 building project, it is separate uh, to that amount. But we would love every single one of you to give. And you can do that, perhaps not right now, you need time to, to pray about it, reflect on it, but to, to prayerfully, perhaps over the next week or 10 days, to prayerfully consider what can you give to HTC? 
Uh, the biblical principle of tithing 10% of your income, it's a helpful benchmark, but above all, the Bible encourages us to give cheerfully, generously, and sacrificially. And just so you can see it, I think they're going to do it on the website. If you click the Give button on the Vision Sundays page, that will take you through to the financial giving page of our website. And very simply, on that financial giving page, you can either click Give Now if you want to give through our online giving system, or if you want to set up uh, your standing order, or if you want to amend your standing order to the church, click Pledge Now. And if you click Pledge Now, you fill in a very short form giving your details of what your plans are, and then you do it yourself. You go to your bank using HCC's bank details, which are there, to set up or amend your standing order with your bank, probably with your online banking facility. And as I say, it'd be so helpful if you're able to do that in the next 10 days. And then finally, uh, returning to the first box um, on Vision Sundays, serve. Uh, we would love everyone... Uh, to join at least one team to help serve in the life of the church. This is the one I said that in a sense has been most a challenge uh, as we come out of the pandemic. And before I finally explain how you can join a team, just have a listen uh, to one and a half minute video of just a few people in the church talking about their experience of serving on a team. Hi, I'm Nate. I'm on the kids team here at HTC because I just love telling the children all about Jesus and how much God loves them. What I love about serving on the children's work at HTC is how much fun we get to have, how creative we can be, but most of all, the children just love coming to church and that's the best thing. Hi, I'm Adj. I serve on the hosting team because I received such a warm welcome when I arrived and I want to give it back. And the thing I enjoy most about serving on the hosting team is getting to know the church family and meeting all the new people that come, come through. Hi, I'm Livy. I serve on the worship team because it is a joy to come together as a church family and lift our eyes to Jesus. And I enjoy serving on the worship team because they are a cracking bunch of people and it's also an absolute privilege to lead people further into the presence of God. Hello, I'm Max, and I serve on the events team here at HTC. When I came to HTC, I was so warmly welcomed, and I want to give back to the church. I enjoy serving on the events team because we reach out to the community of Clapham, we put on great events at the church, and we have a lot of fun doing it. Fantastic. So in the final couple of minutes, what I would love you to do is go back to visionsunday.org and click on the serve box um, of that page and you will get taken through to a very short form. So it'd be great if we could just fill this form in right now. Where is the other stuff? Do that later. It'd be wonderful. If you might go onto the visionsunday.org bit, uh, click um, serve and there's a very short form that I'd love us to fill in now. Uh, if you don't have a, a phone with you that does this kind of thing or if um, you you are, um, your phone's run out of battery or whatever it might be. Uh, there are a few paper copies available. Just wave your hand if you'd like a paper copy and they'll um, come around and give you that. But just very simply, I'd love us uh, to put, uh, see there, uh, they're filling it in already for me. Thank you so much. Um, I would love us just to take a minute to just do it now. So what you need to do um, is you need to fill in your name, which has already been done for me at the back. Thank you very much indeed. Um, and fill in your email address. Um, so if you go with that. Um, and as you do that, uh, you can then put in your phone number if you want to, but there's no need to. 
And then you'll see there's join in and serve. And there are six uh, boxes there. Now, there may be some people here, and actually you're already involved in lots of things you can't do anymore. That is totally fine. It may be that you're, for whatever reason. But we're hoping that loads of us, actually there might be at least one box that you can tick that you're not currently doing. And you just see the six options there. Um, children's team, I can help with, uh, serve with the children's team. Youth team, I can help serve with the youth team. Hosting and hospitality team, so that is for this morning, this morning service, being part of the hosting and hospitality of this service. Um, the worship and production team, so that includes band, audio visuals, uh, choir, orchestra. Uh, the courses and events team, helping with the setup, with the running of them. And then finally, the outreach team, so that is um, sort of midweek daytime is the main time most of those are, such as homework club and the breakfast club. If you've got another skill that you want to offer the church that doesn't fit in with one of those six boxes, I'm thinking graphic design, I'm thinking photography, I'm thinking cake baking, that is wonderful. Uh, whatever it is, you can add that in the little bit below. Uh, so there's a freestyle box there, uh, so you can add that. And then at the bottom, there is the data stuff. Uh, you have to click the first one and the last one. And the middle one is if you don't receive what should be the highlight of your week, receiving the weekly Friday email from me. Um, uh, that is the main way that most people know what's going on in the life of the church. If you don't receive that, then click the middle one, HDC's weekly email. Yes, I'd like to receive that. Click that as well. Once you've clicked the privacy notice and the, I, the, 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 all those bits there, then you can click submit. Um, so I'm just going to give you 30 seconds just to finish doing that right now um, before we have a final song to close. So the band come up for a final song, and we'll give you 30 seconds just to fill in that form, each one of us. Let's, let's do that right now.